0: Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now sit back, please, and enjoy Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. by the Wizard of Weird, this is Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren.
1: I am Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the show, Orbs, Rods. Angels, and Demons. I am contacted so many times per month regarding these topics. I've decided to address them all in this one podcast. Ambitious? Yes. But it's also a pretty cool crash course. So, let's jump right in. First, let's start with orbs, shall we? People are always sending me pictures and videos and say, Look, I have some orbs here. What is this? Well, let's start with the basics, okay? What is an orb in general, literally? Well, an orb is anything, and I mean anything, that happens to be shaped like a ball, bubble, or sphere. It doesn't have to be perfect, just that basic shape. So, a basketball is an orb. The sun is an orb. A bead of water rolling down a window is an orb. This is a basic natural shape that is found all throughout the universe. And it's so common because it generally indicates that the forces acting on the figure are balanced. So think of a soap bubble, for example. It naturally takes on the shape of an orb because of what we call surface tension. That's a basic balance of forces, both inside and outside so because of this a lot of normal things take on the shape of an orb so a lot of normal things that are not exactly shaped like an orb can also just look like an orb when captured by a camera and that's basically because the camera's lens is round and curved and it has a tendency to make certain things look round whether or not they actually are When viewed close up and in detail. So, flying dust particles can look like orbs. Raindrops and snowflakes can look like orbs. Some linear things like cobwebs and spider webs can glint, you know, just enough to look like an orb. Anytime, and please listen to me carefully here, anytime you point your camera toward a source of light, okay, like the sun or the moon. Or a lamp or a street light and it creates an image that looks like an orb. You may as well just throw that picture in the trash most of the time. Because even if you have the fairy godmother in there, there's no way to separate it from an effect called lens flare. You can look it up. Lens flare, F L A R E. This is an effect that you get when you point your camera toward a source of light. And by camera, I mean your phone, you know, whatever it doesn't matter. And the same goes for pointing your camera toward anything reflective. So a window, a mirror, a painting. I mean, if you get a strange image, great. You know, have fun with it. But there's no need sending it to me because if it's part of a reflection, it's almost impossible to analyze the weird effects created from photographing toward a reflective surface so you can you can tell i'm a little tired of getting those kinds of images sent to me for the past 30 years uh so hopefully i've helped to clarify some of that up front now all that said there are some real paranormal orbs if you get an orb that looks luminous and is all alone Especially if it's something all alone, it doesn't look like it's a cluster of dust or part of a a storm system or whatever, and you get this this luminous orb around a certain object or, or person when there is no obvious light source or reflection. It may be a paranormal orb, especially. Especially if you have video footage of the orb and it's sort of moving through the area in a weird way that seems inconsistent with all those conventional explanations. Okay. In those cases, you may have a paranormal orb. In fact, one time, this one time, I was at band camp. and No, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, one time, I was investigating a haunted house and there was a group of us standing there. And it was fairly dark. We had, you know, night vision cameras. And at one point, um, something tapped me on the shoulder, my left shoulder. And I instantly turned. I expected there to be a person there. And, of course, no one was there. And I said, who touched me? And then I heard my friend say, I'm over here. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. So later, I went back and watched the footage. And here you can see, this is very clear because this is the green night vision footage. Here I am standing there. There's no one around me. There's nothing happening around me. And then all of a sudden, a nice little white orb shot up and hit me. It came out of the side of the frame. Okay, I'm not sure exactly where it came from. It came from somewhere in the room. This orb shot up and hit me on the left shoulder and then disappeared. And as soon as it did that, you see me turn to my left and say, who touched me? Now, that is what you really want. Some type of. Multiple verification or validation going on here. So you can say, like, it's this is not just an optical effect alone. We have some other evidence of this, this thing affecting the environment. So let's say you have, if you're an investigator, you have an EMF meter sitting there. Well, if you have the orb flyover and the meter spikes at the same time, well, that's, you know, that's great. Especially if somebody sees it at the same time, you have to have multiple layers of evidence to sort of figure out what's happening with the paranormal orb. Um, so if you get a legit paranormal orb, well, what is it? So people send me these orb images and say, is this an angel orb? Or, or is this a fairy? Or is this an alien? Or is this a spirit? And they sometimes see little faces in them. And they read the color, and they interpret it and say, oh, it's yellow, so it's happy, or it's blue, so it's sad, et cetera. People read a lot into some of these orb images. Well, here's your answer as to what is it. A paranormal orb could be any kind of energetic being. It is the most efficient shape. So if you could take on any shape in the world to fly around and enjoy yourself, you'd pick an orb. So a paranormal orb could be an angel or a spirit of some kind or a ghost or an alien or another type of interdimensional being, even some part of your higher self. And I have no way whatsoever of looking at an image or a piece of footage you send me and automatically telling you what kind of paranormal entity it is. There are psychics out there who claim they can do that. I don't proclaim to be a, a quote-unquote psychic. I am an investigator, and I, I'm just telling you what I can, what I can glean from what I analyze in front of me. Now, if we have more information about the situation, the context of the scenario, then we can get closer to drawing a conclusion. But imagine showing me a like a generic picture of a circle and saying, "Where did this come from? Is it a wheel? Is it a pancake?" Is it a seashell? Well, there's there's no way to know without further context. And if you have further context, then you can probably figure it out on your own. But here's something really interesting to think about. If a paranormal orb in a particular case is a ghost, you might be able to gauge the age of the ghost based upon how well defined the orb is. And by age, I mean how long that this energy or spirit has been removed from the physical body. For example, let's say the, the spirit body, what some people call the etheric body, is sort of roughly shaped like the physical human body when a person is alive and the two are aligned. And then when the person dies, uh, those two things sort of separate upon death the energy body separates from the physical form and the energy body may tend to look like the physical body for a long time. So for a long time, you see the ghost and it looks like the person, but after a while, the energy form breaks down. It's like sand in a sand castle mold. And when you first dump the sand out, it holds the shape of the mold, but then gradually over time, the sand shape breaks down and erodes. It looks more and more hazy, more and more like a mist. And maybe you just end up with an arm or a leg or some other part as the last remaining recognizable shape. And then finally, the mist begins to slowly contract and condense over time. And then when it's old enough, it finally becomes its most comfortable, efficient form. The sphere, the ball, the orb. So a ghost that appears as an orb may be a very old ghost indeed. But if you want the very best skills to determine what kind of orb or other manifestation you may have, you should take my online paranormal investigation course. Okay. It will teach you everything. And you'll probably have the time of your life. People have done it around the world. They all love it. I have a discount on the online course right now. You can take it on your computer or your phone at your own uh, pace. It's, it's not a live thing, so you can enjoy it at, on your own schedule. So for all the info, if you really want to learn how to investigate these things, go to JoshuaPWarren.com and click the link to the Curiosity Shop. And when we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you about my opinion on rods or skyfish. A lot of people, they get mad when they hear my opinion, but I'm going to give it to you straight up when we come back. And also, when you're on my website there, at JoshuaPWarren.com, there's no period after the P at JoshuaPWarren.com the top thing you you gotta do okay? you'll find my tweets there, you can follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren and all that be sure, be sure to sign up for my free e-newsletter it takes you two seconds there are times when I will contact you and tell you about things that you can only find out about directly from me through the e-newsletter, I sit down I write these raw emails send them straight to you typos and all It's uncensored. It's unfiltered. Be sure to sign up for the e-newsletter at JoshuaPWarren.com. I am Joshua P. Warren, and you're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and I will be right back.
2: Stay right there. There's more Joshua P. Warren coming right up.
0: You're listening
6: to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows.
1: Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And I can't believe that rods, or skyfish, as some people call them ever even became a phenomenon back in the 1990s because they are just simply insects or occasionally birds. Now, when I say rods, I'm talking about these images that show up on film and video that look like beads on a string. And this is the effect created by the wing beats of an insect as it passes a camera when the camera is shooting with a certain shutter speed or frame rate. So basically, the insect is traveling pretty fast and its motion times out with the camera so that you see the insect over a certain duration of time. Even if it's a split second, during that period of exposure, you're seeing that insect's movement like a waveform on an oscilloscope. Through space during that period of time. Any experienced photographer would tell you this. When I was a kid, I started taking pictures and filming things. I shot with medium format cameras uh, on eight millimeter motion picture film. I made a 16 millimeter feature film when I was 19. I've shot on every digital format you can imagine and I've taken so many Different kinds of cameras, including high speed cameras that can shoot thousands of frames per second and second and photographed all kinds of, uh, of different insects and raindrops and fog and mist and snow and dust under all kinds of conditions and use controls and all kinds of different settings. And I'm telling you that rods are insects or occasionally birds. Some people get mad at me to this day. When I tell them that, but I guess I should also <laughs> reiterate something that I have, I also say from time to time. If you contact me for my opinion, you're doing that apparently because you must realize that I have experience. And if you don't like my response, oh, well, well too bad. I'm not going to argue with you. You're the one who asked for the opinion. So these so-called rods uh, are, like I say, either insects or, or birds, and that's pretty much the end of that topic for me. And people say, Josh, you're supposed to be a paranormal investigator. How can you have such a closed mind? Well, I think your mind should be open, believe me, but not so open that your brains fall out. So now... Let's move on to some other juicy topics that I am contacted about on a regular basis. Angels and demons. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. So, I believe in something that I call spiritual natural selection. Now, in our universe, spiritual natural selection is a process that creates a variety of beings that each have different survival skills. It's not that different than normal biological natural selection. I mean, first off, the concept of natural selection, it's it's a very practical concept that beings, creatures, change over time and develop abilities that help them adapt and survive, while less useful abilities gradually dwindle away. Now, that makes perfect sense to me. The environment is always changing, and life changes with it. And so you become a product of your primary survival environment at the time. Now, right now, you might think, well, I'm more evolved than a shark, but let's throw you in the ocean and see who is superior. Same goes for birds, insects, etc. You are not better than other creatures, just different. You're better at certain things, and they are better at certain things. It's easy to feel superior to a monkey until you're in a contest to see who swings best through the trees. So humans are not necessarily the dominant form in the universe. We just dominate a particular part of the universe, an extremely tiny Part, mind you, <laughs> but you should uh, know that already. All right. So again, in my opinion, there is not just biological, but also spiritual natural selection. So what do I mean by that when I, uh, when I say spiritual? What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about beings, creatures that primarily exist at frequencies that are usually non physical to you and me. I always like to talk about radio waves as an example. A radio wave is like a ghost to you because it's at a different frequency. You can't see it. It passes right through you. But if you were made of radio waves, a radio wave would become like a physical wall to you, and you could interact with it. Things that are that, that resonate at a very different range of, of frequencies are unable to interact with each other most of the time. Some some frequencies interact just enough to create just a little motion. That's why when you put your your cheeseburger in the microwave, it heats it up because a microwave interacts with the physical form just enough to cause some friction there and heat it up. So I'm talking about these spiritual beings, creatures that primarily exist at frequencies that are usually non-physical to you and me. There is no reason to suggest, there's nothing within all of the scientific literature that suggests that life must exist exclusively only within this one particular range of frequencies that you and I call physical. The range within which our bodies uh, and, and dominant perceptions primarily resonate. No reason to believe it, this, this, it has to be in this range, in this range alone. So things that have evolved to align with human best interests, some of these beings that are usually, you know, in that spirit realm. Now, again, they, they have, if they have evolved to align with human best interest are what we usually call angels. They help us. And things that have evolved to simply devour or abuse humans are called demons. So let me explain more about what I mean. We are apparently surrounded by an ocean of beings that are usually invisible. This is based upon all of the circumstantial evidence of my research and the research of so many other people for so long. We are apparently surrounded by an ocean of beings that are usually invisible. Now, occasionally we end up encountering each other for a limited time when the frequencies warp or bend just a bit, and we usually just scare the bejesus out of each other and then go our own separate ways. In some cases, we've learned to interpret the cause and effect between seeing a certain being just before a frequency shift, and we call that a harbinger, like Mothman. A harbinger because the environment allows us to glimpse him just before a major physical transition, often something destructive in in our world. So this might be similar to watching the birds flee in terror before a big thunderstorm or the dogs howl before an earthquake. These are sparse but powerful times when we especially notice these other beings because they they start getting really active just before something you know, significant happens. But then there may be certain types of beings out there that are actively involved with us on a day-to-day basis, the same way we humans are involved with many animals. So a lot of the beings that resonate close enough to us to be in that realm just Are you know just right outside of ours? They frequently appear more or less humanoid, but they often have wings and they're capable of doing some shape shifting. They're close enough to interact with us, they're not like some weird blob at the bottom of the ocean or whatever. They're close enough so that we can interact, but but they're different enough and old enough. To have some understanding that we don't have. Some dominance over us. Some abilities. I mean, generally speaking. Some ancient abilities that they have evolved. So, some of those beings happen to have a self-interest that aligns with yours and mine. And we usually call them angels. They are the ones that help us. Now, why do they help us? Well uh we can't know for sure uh, maybe we can't know for sure what angels even do in uh, uh, on their scale what is their 9 to 5 like and that may be beyond our ability to comprehend but they are they are here so they obviously have a purpose maybe they are training us to become angels too someday to do whatever it is they do. And so if one angel particularly likes you and thinks you might make a good angel someday, well, maybe that angel keeps an eye on you and intervenes to help you with your training from time to time. It could be as simple as that. Or perhaps angels treat us the way we treat animals like uh, bees. Nobody wants to be stung by a bee, but we help keep the bees alive because we feed on their honey. And we depend on them to help our ecosystem survive. So maybe angels feed from our positive energy. And if we die, they just don't have a good supply to eat. Or maybe we're just like pets to angels. I mean, you might keep your dog or cat or fish or rabbit or even a snake or a lizard or a spider just because it brings you some personal joy. And if there's an added benefit, like a dog barking when an intruder is around, well, even better. So I can't tell you exactly why angels want to protect us, but they do. If I had to guess, I'd say the bee analogy is the best one. And angels have a lot of energy. They're such active, energetic beings. But when we come back from this break, well, there's always a the opposite right the yin and the yang there's always the dark side well if we have angels then what are demons this might be a little spooky i'm joshua p warren you're listening to strange things on the iHeartRadio radio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network and i will be
0: right back Don't go anywhere, there's more strange things coming right up.
4: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
5: With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with Cheap Caribbean Vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at cheapcaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.
6: are you looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in ufos ghosts bigfoot conspiracy theories and the paranormal well look no further than paranormaldate.com the unique site for like-minded people if you like the senior crowd try paranormaldate.com slash seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus it all depends on what you prefer Paranormaldate.com is great for everyone. You can also tap into members that are 60 plus at paranormaldate.com slash seniors. Enjoy your search and have some fun at paranormaldate.com. You're listening to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now let's get back to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren.
1: Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. And I can't tell you exactly why angels want to protect us, but they do. And angels require a lot of energy. They're such active, energetic beings that often, when... You see one, well, it's radiating like the sun. But then, well, there's always the yin and yang in life, and so we always have the opposite polarity, the demons. I think demons are essentially a form of angels that want to torment, eat, and destroy humans. Some of them may not even hate humans. They just like to eat us. After all, you might not eat a hamburger because you hate cows or eat a head of lettuce because you hate plants. You've got to have something to eat. That's the way of the universe energy being transferred. And some of them just find you to be a tasty treat. And when one of them latches onto you and begins to feed, you basically have A parasite on you now. It drains your health slowly, starting with your physical health and then your mental health. And over time, they make you sick and suicidal. And if you can't get it off, it'll eventually drain you and dry you and kill you. And then it will move right on to another host. The most vicious ones, though, are sadistic. They gain pleasure from tormenting you. Now, why is that? Well, uh, why does a serial killer gain pleasure from tormenting a victim? The answer is the same. Good, sane people don't know the answer, but it's the same answer. Some things are just like that. So you'd best avoid having a demon notice you and attach itself to you. Stay healthy, physically, mentally, and spiritually, and you'll keep them at bay. Avoid places where they hang out. Be careful in areas where you see other people becoming sort of sick or insane or angry. I mean, I like to drink at a bar sometimes, but I avoid certain bars. Uh, You know, just keep in mind that when you hang out around certain kinds of people and listen to them, you begin to resonate with them. You hang out with some fishermen long enough and chances are you're going to go fishing. So keep yourself clear of spiritually unhealthy influences, just like physically unhealthy ones. Now, if you become a spiritual warrior and you run around out there. Making a spectacle of yourself, trying to change the world like you're a beacon of perfection, well, you will make a target of yourself and attract that other side to you, that dark side. So be wary of that as well. You should always try to be cautious and balanced. And you might say, well, how do you exactly go about attracting angels and demons or avoiding them? Well, here's the bottom line. This is a very simple thing that goes back thousands of years. If you say their name, they hear it. So in the spiritual world, a human saying the name of a spiritual being is like shooting them an email. They'll get it wherever they are. You notice them and they notice that you notice them. So if you want to attract angels, go online, do some research, go to a library, do some research about angel names. I don't want to influence your thoughts uh, in some way that, that might, might interact with what you know may or may not connect to you. This is something you have to do for yourself. Go online. Research angels, see what you find, and see if one really stands out for you, and if so, just start asking it on a regular basis to help you in your life. Now, you can do the same thing if you want to find some demon names, but let me tell you, you should never do that. I used to think demonology was a bunch of BS, but I've changed my mind now. So unless you want to become an expert demonologist, you should not mess with those guys. It is my advice to you to simply avoid even researching them unless you have to. But you know what? If you know someone who is, it's it's okay to warn that person, but don't forbid them from it, because if you do that, then you can just make the situation worse. So for example, if you have a a curious child, you know, let that child be curious and he or she will have to learn on his or her own what happens, but don't put fuel on the fire by paying attention to it all the time. Ignore it. Uh, Read my book, use the force, a Jedi's guide to the law of attraction to learn more about how to do that with the Jedi mind trick. I actually explain it to you very simply. I explain how you can do the Jedi mind trick. Uh, if you go to Joshua P. and click the link to the book icon on the front there at the homepage, uh, you can instantly read this book. You, there's also a link where you can uh, hear me read the whole book to you. If you prefer audiobooks through audible uh, so again that's use the force a jedi's guide to the law of attraction and if you think you may have a demonic force hanging around you or your house you should also listen to me give some tips about how to get rid of bad stuff and to do that go back and listen to episode 11 of this show the strange things podcast listen to episode 11 um, and in fact, if you go to strangethingsshow dot com show dot com uh, you should be able to access a description of each one of the shows and you'll see why I say go check out episode eleven but anyway, these demons are low energy creatures that are dense, like a dying star, and they often appear as as deep, dark, shadowy forms. When you glimpse them, Uh, they're at such a low frequency, they don't emit much light that the human eye can see. It's very different than the kind of radiant nourishment that that people describe feeling from the energy of a so-called angel. And what I've given you here is a pretty darn good overview of these two basic types of spiritual beings that seem to interact with humans on a fairly regular basis. But um I actually wrote a short, uh, I call it an audio book that you can listen to for free. And it's called Angels and Demons Beside You. And if you want to listen to it for free, all you have to do is go to Warren audiobooks.com, warrenaudiobooks.com. You'll find the, uh, the recording there of me reading the, the, the overview, the complete detailed overview of angels and demons. There's also a second one there called the oblivious gods. And, uh, that gives you more of my opinion, at least on, how to view the role of a human and the purpose of a human and sort of what the meaning of life is. Why, you know, why that you are here in this big classroom. So both of those are at warrenaudiobooks.com. Again, you don't have to sign up or anything. You just go there and it's there for free. And so take advantage of it. There are also PDFs there so that if someone is hearing impaired, well, then all you have to do is uh, click the link to the PDF or download it and you can send that. Or if you just want to read something instead of listen to it, all that's there for you as well. Warrenaudiobooks.com. So uh, whether or not you agree with me and my opinion on these things, uh, I have given you my feelings and That's the best advice that I can give you. And uh, also, if you would like to communicate with somebody who has a special talent, you know, a psychic, a sensitive who might be able to just give you more of an intuitive reaction to a particular situation that you're in, I, I gave some great contact information there also in episode 11 of this podcast, Strange Things. When we come back from this break, and we go into our last segment. Because I've been talking about demons, I figured, what the heck, I'm going to go ahead and play an audio clip for you. And this is an audio clip that I find particularly spooky. And I explained, I think it was in episode 11. I keep talking about episode 11 because these two are connected. I I explained. Um, about this thing called the devil's toy box, which is easy to create. And it reminds a lot of people of the box, you know, like pinheads box from, from Hellraiser, those movies. And I, I hooked an antenna up to one of these devil's toy boxes one time and took it to a really creepy haunted place. And I got a recording that to me, still kind of gives me the chills and makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. So when we come back, um I'm going to play this for you. There's no harm in listening to this, but I don't know. A lot of people have recorded weird, unsettling things by using this little Devil's Toy Box antenna. And so it just occurred to me I had not played this for you yet on this show, so I'll be... I'll be allowing you to hear that when we come back. And also, I want to read some stories to you, uh, some emails that I've gotten that I find mm, noteworthy for a number of reasons. You'll understand very soon. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I'll be right back after this.
6: Don't go anywhere. There's more Joshua P. Warren and strange things coming right up. Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today. Visit RedCross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS.
0: This is George Norrie, and you're listening to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now let's get back to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren.
1: to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host Joshua P. Warren and I'm about to play some, well spooky audio for you. I'll tell you more about that in a minute, but first, just on a personal note, I want to thank how many of you, so many of you who have sent me kind emails uh, from the ham radio community because you know I recently mentioned that I'm a licensed ham radio operator now. KJ7TJK, KJ7TJK. That's Kilo Juliet Seven Tango Juliet Kilo here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, also, if you're if you're really preparing and you want to make sure that you've you've got a good setup if there ever is an emergency, for example, around here, you could have an earthquake or anything. Um, I have multiple ham radios, uh, operating at various frequencies and wattages and multiple independent power supplies that are solar powered and a variety of antennas and, these things are stored in different locations, and they are in Faraday cages, so even if there is a grid failure for some reason, an EMP hits, uh like the Carrington event, well, my stuff should be protected, because even if, like, a repeater goes out, I still have a pretty good range, and so... My point is, if there are any of you who are uh, in ham radio who are here in the Las Vegas area in particular, feel free to contact me through my website, joshuapwarren.com, and uh, say hello. And maybe I'll set up a special time for us to chat when I'm testing out some of my equipment and, and that kind of thing. Also, if you're the type of person who's interested in figuring out how you can get your own independent solar power supply, uh, that is protected from EMPs and all that you've got to talk to my great friend and business partner Mobius he has, his he works with me on all kinds of things um go to JoshuaPWarren.com and just uh check out the curiosity shop and right now you'll find a link there to sunshine simple that's the solar generator. And if you click that, then you can email him and he'll be more than happy to customize something for you or, you know, help you best he can with, with whatever you're trying to prepare for. The creepy audio that I'm going to play for you, as I mentioned, it comes from the Devil's Toy Box, which is a cube that anybody can make. Using six square mirrors and you assemble them together with all of the reflective sides facing inward And then what I used to do was just take a little suction cup microphone and stick it on the side and record And I would get some really spooky sounds, especially at places that are active, you know haunted places so I got this one clip that I'm going to play for you, but uh, you know what? I'll save it for the end of the segment because first I want to read at least one email to you that I, uh, this is I, uh, this is one of those that I just love. Uh, this was sent to me from a man named Stone Wallace, and he is a writer and novelist. I can see that Stone Wallace. Uh, he lives in Manitoba, Canada, and here's what he wrote some years back. I hosted a local television program called Tales of the Supernatural, and during a show on ghosts and hauntings, I was told a particularly eerie, unexplainable story that to this day sends a chill through me. Sheila was a young woman who took a job teaching elementary classes at a rural one-room schoolhouse in northern Manitoba. She boarded with an elderly lady who lived within walking distance of the school. The woman was in poor health and appreciated having Sheila as a boarder, as she also helped with the shopping and performing various chores around the house. One morning, As Sheila readied herself for school, she noticed that the old woman was still in bed and complaining of not feeling well. Sheila was prepared to send for the doctor, but the old woman simply asked for a cup of tea. She told Sheila she was sure she'd feel better later. Reluctantly, Sheila left for her short walk to the schoolhouse. It was a late autumn day, and to reach the school, Sheila had to walk through a short path that was cut into woodlands that opened up a clearing, or excuse me, opened upon a, a clearing where stood the school. And as Sheila neared this opening, she was startled as she suddenly saw what looked to be the old woman literally gliding about a foot off the ground directly in front of her, her focus straight ahead. In a panic, Sheila rushed back to the house. She ran inside and headed straight to the bedroom where the old woman was lying very still in bed, right where Sheila had left her. As Sheila tentatively approached the bedside, the old woman's eyes flashed open, and she lifted her head. With a wicked grin, she said, Scared you, didn't I? With that, her head dropped back
2: to the pillow. And she died.
1: (laughs) What do you think of that one? I got a little chill from that. The hair just stood up on my arms. How about one more? This is from... A listener named Tandrina Arena, Enon Valley, Pennsylvania. When I was eight years old, back in 1995, I was living with my grandparents in their rural home in Enon Valley, Pennsylvania. They had a spare room that was used as my playroom. All of my toys were in there, including my Barbie dolls and Barbie Dreamhouse. One day, I was in my playroom playing by myself while Grandma was sitting in the living room, and my Grandpa was at work. Suddenly, I saw a disembodied hand appear out of thin air over the top of my Barbie dream house. The hand was much larger than my child-sized hand, and it was closer to the size of an adult's hand. If the hand has a, had a visible arm or body attached to it, it was hidden behind the dollhouse out of my view. I was frozen with terror as I watched the fingers of the disembodied hand rapidly dance as it quickly moved back and forth from one side of the dollhouse's roof to the other. Finally, I stood up screaming and ran out of the room to my grandma. I never saw the disembodied hand again after that, but I will never forget it. I often wonder if it was a ghost haunting my dollhouse that day, or perhaps some kind of trickster entity visited me. I'll never know. Well, thank you, Stone and Tangerina, for those emails. You know... One of the things about the hand appearing, it really does connect back to what I was talking about in this edition of the show, doesn't it? Because I was saying that it's possible that as a spirit, you know, breaks down physically, like the, let me put it this way. When the spirit separates from the physical body and that spiritual form starts to break down, into first a mist and then finally an orb or a sphere that there may be a point in that process in which you get to still see one or two parts of the apparition i often have encountered stories over the years where people say uh i saw for example a soldier i've seen pictures like this a ghost soldier and the soldier looks fine From the head down to the waist, but then from there, you know, the the legs get all misty. But it can be any body part that is still like the last body part to remain as the rest of the form is disintegrating. And there is a publication in my hometown of Asheville, North Carolina. I'll just tell you, it's called the Mountain Express. And uh it's an arts and entertainment uh, publication. And they used to be in an old building. I, I don't think they're in the same building anymore. I, I could be mistaken. But uh, I talked to one of the writers there who told me that the building was haunted by a hand, very similar to what I just described. And this hand would, you know, It just appeared disembodied, floating around, and multiple people had seen it. And, of course, we had to make jokes about who was writing the stories at the Mountain Express. So, that all perhaps ties in. Who knows? But nonetheless, here we go. This is a 20-second clip of this voice that could be demonic, I wouldn't play it for you if I thought there was any harm, but uh, this is something that I captured from hooking an antenna up to a devil's toy box. What do you hear when you listen to this?